0: Ladies and gentlemen, you are now clear to hear Sky Lounge, the podcast. Sky Lounge. Uh, These are your hosts speaking. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Sky Lounge, podcast where two travel nuts discuss everything that happens from the time when you arrive at the airport to the time when the plane leaves the ground. We're here to demystify the airport travel experience. As always, I'm joined by Ty Piazza. Ty, you've had some computer problems
1: today. How long do you guess you'll be with us for this podcast? Uh, well, I'm hoping through the intro that would be helpful. But if honestly, if it's just you and, and Mike today, I think that's more than, more than what we actually need. So that's great. Exactly. Well,
0: we have, uh, as you just said, we have a guest. Uh, we don't always have guests, but today we have a guest, our good pal that we haven't seen in way too long. Uh, he's a traveler. I would say he travels more than anyone I know other than you, Ty. Uh, and yep. I've always thought of him as like a savvy traveler. His name's
2: Mike Dewey. What's up, buddy? What's up, guys? Um... Mike, where are you coming from? Where Are you in L.A. area? I'm in L.A. right now. Yeah, I'm at home and uh, actually not too far from you, RJ, which is sad that we haven't seen each other in a while because oh, that is it, it really isn't that far. But yeah, I'm at home right now. And thank you for the intro.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, what Explain to the folks why you travel. Why do we think of you as a travel guy? Do you think?
2: Yeah. So I, I got into traveling, I think kind of, uh, in my early twenties, I kind of did the standard backpacking trips, uh, with friends throughout Europe. And that kind of evolved into starting a YouTube channel with some good friends and traveling a lot with you on my YouTube channel. And that kind of just kept, um, rolling into basically getting a job at a travel magazine. And then I worked at a travel magazine for four years. And in that time, over those, that those like, I don't know, five, seven years, I got to travel a bunch, um, all over the world. And for a while there, when I was at the travel magazine, I was traveling kind of nonstop. It was pretty crazy there. I think in 2016, I was gone for like 200 days or something like that. So I was, I was, uh, yeah, I wasn't home that often. Um, so yeah, but, um, yeah, all of that, you know, things built up over the years of all these travels. And um, now I'm not quite traveling that much just because that's not sustainable. And that's absolutely crazy. Um, And nobody, Mm -hmm. nobody should be gone. It's hard to maintain like a a home life or any type of sanity when you're gone that long. Um, So now I've balanced things out a tiny bit more. I don't know if you've ramped things back a little bit, Ty, but I felt like for a while there, it was starting to get a little crazy for me. Like uh, friends just stop inviting you to things because you're just never home.
1: Yeah. I mean, all, all of that. I mean, 200 plus days out of the year to be away is, is a serious commitment and it hard, it's hard to be present. Um, he, when you are home, because you're thinking about the next, the next thing and, and just kind of keeping that momentum and that pace up is really exhausting. But I think, you know, before I have so many questions for Mike, it's, <laughs> it's insane. Not only have I not seen you in a while, there's been a pandemic between us, um, I mean, RJ, it's fair to say that Mike's certainly the most professional guy that we've had on. I mean, respect to all of our previous <laughs> mm-hmm. guests. But I mean, even like his video right now is like way ahead of ours. High no, quality. No. This is this is a
2: crappy camera right here. This is $99, okay. guys. There's flickering lights in my image. It's a good thing this isn't I... a video podcast. I would have uh, pulled yeah. out some better, better filming equipment yeah. here.
0: Ty is half blurred if you didn't know Ty before this, you wouldn't have
1: recognized him from this. I don't yeah, think. and I have all that like you know zoom touch up happening on my face too. <laughs> yeah, it uh, looks, looks like one little you know porcelain uh porcelain face here, but I think one thing though that would be interesting, Mike is uh from from i guess since we go i mean some years back, and at the at that time, I recall maybe us not having, like we had a conversation around maybe just kind of, you're getting into like international travel and like travel from a pretty hectic perspective. So there was a time where it kind of was new, right? Yep. So uh, I think it's interesting, you know, how quickly you kind of get in there, how it kind of gets in your blood and how you just, it becomes a part of you and it kind of becomes your identity.
2: Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I, I I can look back now on some of my early trips traveling internationally with when I was like twenty with some friends, and at the time it's kind of everything's unknown and it's a little bit scary, and you're kind of like worried about everything. You're getting to the airport like four hours early the f the gate's not even open yet, and you're still there, and you're just yeah. like trying to get prepped and I think the more yeah. the more you do it, and being very fortunate in that I got to do it a bunch of times, I feel like everything becomes a little bit more normal as you do it. And I think you just get used to certain things and you kind of get more in the rhythm of it. And I guess that's what happens when you travel for work is that it all becomes like a little bit more normal and routine in a way. Um, and and then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're running to the gate the last minute before the the plane's going to leave. And you're, you're that guy because you're, I don't know, you know how much time that you actually have instead of getting there super early and things.
1: Yeah. Well, it's kind of cool though, like the whole airport experience It's pretty defined. Like it's, uh, I mean, we talk about the different airports and all those experiences, but you come to the airport expecting a certain thing, right? And if you're traveling for business, it's like you expect it to be a certain way, whether it's like how I I get on the plane or how I got to check my bags or like what the accommodations are. And so I imagine though, like starting off, probably your expectations were like, wow, I'm glad the company's just paying for my flight. And then now the expectations are like, hey, where's the lounge? Where's the <laughs> shower? Like, why am I not in, you know, 1A Yeah, sort yeah. of
2: thing? <laughs> Well, I, I can't speak. I don't know about what your experiences have been, Ty, but I haven't done – I'll say I haven't done a lot of first-class travel in my travel days. I've probably only flown business or first, maybe like once or twice in the last 10 years. Whoa. So I haven't had okay. that experience a lot. I have been to a lot of lounges, which are – some of them are absolute garbage uh, and – kind of like just not that exciting even though everyone thinks they're cool and then other ones actually are pretty epic um,
1: yeah you got a
2: favorite let's hear where the favorites are favorite lounge um, the Middle East has some pretty insane lounges I had a, f- a layover in in Qatar which I think is pronounced Qatar. Um, I had a layover nice. there and it was pretty epic I mean the lounge was just absolutely nuts um, Japan has pretty am- amazing lounges um, Delta in the US has some pretty great ones as well Yeah. But there's also a lot of bad ones in South America. I went to some really rough ones. I was like, dude, what is this? It's like a water bottle and half a granola bar. It's like half eaten. I'm like, I don't know, dude, it's not even worth going in here, man. Stick to McDonald's.
0: I've only been to two lounges in my whole life. One was in Chicago and it was terrible. It was exactly how you just said, like they had some bottles of water and granola bars (laughs) and no view, like a couple windows and you couldn't see anything. And then the other one was with Ty when we went to Peru years ago. And, uh, but it was a good one. It was a Delta one, I believe, in Atlanta. And we were yeah. sitting across from your boy, Suge Knight. Nice. That's
1: right. During his arraignment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's funny. That's funny. But, uh, I mean, I think, Mike, it's, it's maybe if we start, maybe start a little bit, maybe earlier. I know I keep bringing us, bringing us back. Yeah. But maybe from a, just kind of like I think an interesting bridge is like how you go from like a personal travel to like a a work or like a business travel because I don't know I mean RJ have you had this experience like where from a work perspective like okay we're on business time yeah or... so
0: so when I worked for Conan um I I didn't travel very often but when I did it was like legit like we got some cool perks and we stayed in cool hotels and we got flights and all that stuff so my whole kind of view on it was like you said earlier it was like just excited to get free stuff like I, yeah. you know I had to work obviously but like I, I love traveling hence this podcast and I love going to airports and using planes and all this stuff so like it was exciting to be able to get the upgraded stuff that I don't normally get so but other than a few times, that's kind of it. So, yeah, I'm interested, too. When, what was that transition like, like when you kind of eased into it? Yeah. I mean, I, When I, did you know you were,
1: like, a pro now? Yeah. You crossed over. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like I should also provide some context, to for pe- people wondering why I was traveling. I kind of lightly mentioned YouTube, but um, I essentially uh, am a filmmaker. And so um, throughout most of my 20s, I was actually a graphic designer. And this a YouTube channel that I started with my good friend, Jay, ended up kind of catapulting me into this filmmaking world. And then that kind of uh, made this travel magazine find, kind of find my work, and that ended up turning into a professional job. So that was kind of the transitional period, 2015, 2016, when it became kind of work for me. Um, the thing that's the biggest, the biggest thing about me traveling for work versus traveling for personal Is that traveling for personal, I don't have that much gear with me because I don't have to bring any filmmaking equipment. So it's actually really relaxing because when I get to the airport, I don't have anything with me where when I'm traveling for work, I'm paranoid about my cameras, my lenses. I've got extra Pelican cases I'm bringing with me. There's a ton of gear and junk that comes with me. I'll also say because I travel for work and I worked for a travel magazine, when I got to the destination... I had a pretty epic setup in that, you know, a lot of times the tourism boards and things were rolling out the red carpet because I know I was filming things. So I would get the uh the VIP treatment as soon as I got off the plane into some turkey hot air balloons and mountain gorillas in Rwanda and things. Things that I don't normally get when I'm going to visit my mom in Portland, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 No. That's I mean that's so so many things so many things there to 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 dive into. I mean the fact that you're you're having to bring so many components that are critical to a successful trip with you that are not always with you, if yep. you know what I mean. So basically like there has to be a huge level of, of anxiety. Yeah. Uh, That's all when I'm you, when you Yeah. When you travel that,
0: from you saying,
1: yeah, and <laughs> and yeah, and exactly. And you're just, you're, you know, you're not sure if your stuff's going to arrive and you know, how is that going to set the tone for the trip? I mean, how, how do you deal with that? You know, it's funny you're mentioning this. I had something recently. um, This has
2: happened to me a few times, but there is a certain amount of anxiety when you're traveling for work. Like, is there going to be issues with the layover? Is my bag going to make it through? What should I carry with me on personal versus checking? I personally, fortunately, have never lost a checked bag. So knock on wood, that's never happened. Um, But it always is like a fear of mine. I'm like, what are the essentials? I've had delayed bags which was pretty funny. When I went to Norway, my bag got delayed by four days. So I had my camera with me in my backpack, but I didn't have my tripod. So I actually stacked a bunch of board games in this little documentary I was shooting. There was about 10 board games for my Airbnb, all stacked on top of one another because I didn't get my tripod till three days later. So there's like this sense of fear of like getting to the airport and being like, is this stuff going to get through? Uh, Is it like, should I put it in my carry-on? Should I Get checked the other thing too for a while there i was using a drone a lot when i worked at the travel magazine and that was that would always just give me the most fear in the world because in the early days nobody cared about drones they're like cool dude send it that's sick and then i feel like later on in like 2019 2020 they started to restrict all these regulations and countries would be like no drones and like i flew to turkey and they just took it and they're like no drone it's gone bye-bye and then you're like cool so oh. no drone footage in Whoa. turkey and um oh man, so okay, that kind of stuff. There's like these little trigger points where I'm like, I got used to it more. So the first couple times, you're kind of like, oh man, this is sketch. And then I felt felt like maybe like the you know the fourth or fifth time it happened with the drone, I'm like, cool man, you're gonna take it, right? Or maybe I didn't even bring it that time because I'm like, I'm not even gonna mess with the drone. You know, I'll just get stock footage of aerial f- filmmaking shots. I'm not even, I don't even want to talk to this dude at the airport about why I'm bringing a drone into his country.
0: When that yeah. happens to you and you're in another country and you have a high uh priced item mm. that they're saying no you can't take what is the next step like do they allow you right then and there to ship it home or cuz I mean, like I was just in Mexico last week yeah and uh, uh I have a keychain that has a bottle opener on it and ah. the end of it is kind of sharp and they made me get rid of it yeah. and the only option they gave me was to throw it in the trash
2: can yeah <laughs> Yeah, I fortunately have only had this happen twice. Um, I think one time was in uh, Rwanda and the other time was in Turkey. In Turkey, they said that they were going to um, give it back to me when I left the airport. They're like, we'll hold on to it and then you can take it when you fly home. I knew that was never going to happen. And so Whoa, yeah, that's it, it a was lot a work, of
0: trust to put
2: on it was a that work guy. Drone, so it was a work drone, so I just told them afterwards it got taken. And I was on a big campaign, so a $1,000 drone for them wasn't a huge deal um in Rwanda I think they ended up letting me keep it but they said I would get in a lot of trouble if it went up in the air so I just was like just left it in my bag the whole trip uh, and they were little they were nice like about it but it, yeah. I don't know I just got to a point where I'm like it's not even I kind of stopped using drones I have my drone in the closet and it hasn't been flown in probably three years just because I got to a point where I'm like it's not even worth it anymore like I don't even want to deal with that situation
1: yeah well so like for RJ and I you know when we now that we you know have the 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 kids, yeah uh, that's you know, exactly what we, I was thinking when he said that it felt like a weight lifted off when he yeah. didn't have to bring it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah ex- exactly, and the, the part of that too is like I think about all these scenarios of them losing the bag and so you end up mm. like packing all the like essential stuff, but at the end of the day, like, okay, you can live a night without x, y, or z. And then you just run a target the next day because we're in the states visiting family, whatever. But like, if you go to, you know, Rwanda and like they're like, "Hey, I'm taking your SIM cards," or "Hey, I'm doing," you know, (laughs) which is a fairly common shakedown. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure you gotta have, you know, you gotta have shoved in your sock or something just in case, like this all goes to hell because you probably can't find one, you know, at the, you know, at the the local corner store type thing. Yeah. Yeah, I have.
2: I kind of have backup plans, little contingency plans now with with work stuff. If I'm going for um, a project that's like super important and it starts on a certain date, I'll have like one camera body maybe in my checked bag and one camera body like in my main backpack or SD cards in different places or hard drives in different places. Just in case, you know, that's happened before where I've gotten there and the the camera that was in my bag had issues or something was wrong. It wasn't air port specific, but just kind of backup plans that are in place if something happens to ease the anxiety
1: on my mind. Uh, always have a backup plan. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the, like the backup plans, like, you know, one of the things that certainly gives me anxiety is if I know I have a really important, like important date to be somewhere, or I've got a really important meeting. Like I'll, I'll kind of look at various contingencies. Like if this, like if this flight, Isn't it going to work out? Like, what's my next, what's my next option? And then I'll maybe go a day early or, you know, look for a common routing that I can, you know, have multiple options. Like I'd rather go through, you know, Atlanta than, um, you know, Omaha or something like that. So if I get scrubbed this one, I can go to the next one. I mean, do you ever consider the nuances of, of your routing? Because we've had episodes, we've talked a little bit about routing, but have you ever kind of gotten into the nuances of, of that to just kind of give you that layer of protection? Yeah, I mean, I think very
2: fortunately being in Los Angeles, there's direct flights that can get you to a lot of places all over the world. And I've found, you know, because it's happened to me a lot, when you have layovers, that adds the element of the bag goes missing and you miss the next leg and all that other stuff. So, you know, with With travel, I feel like there's been, you know, sometimes I I can't really decide where I'm going to, but if maybe there's a project where I'm working on it and there's three different destinations, one of them's two flights, one of them's one flight, one of them's three flights. I look at that and I think, ooh, the three flight place sounds cool, but every extra little stop and layover is a chance for the bag to get missed, the the there to be like a delay in the flights. And so I feel like, you know, definitely I try to find the most direct route possible just because it takes away the possible issues that could arise.
1: Um, yeah, for sure. So, RJ, do you consider these permutations when you were traveling for the holidays?
0: Well, <laughs> we, you know, I uh, try to pick the place that will most likely get me stuck so I don't have to get to the holidays. Is really
2: <laughs> the reverse.
0: Kind of the opposite. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
2: As
0: many layovers as possible. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, uh, okay. So we've established very clearly, Mike Dewey, you are a professional traveler. You and Ty both professional travelers. Uh, we need to get to the topic that everyone's been waiting for. And that is fashion at the airport and the air and in the airplanes. Uh, so right off the bat, are you a dress for comfort or a dress for utility, or a dress to impress when you go to the airport.
2: You know, I feel like I, its evolved, and I think that's because I've traveled for work. Um, I, to be fair, it was never dressed to impress. That was never, uh, never uh, take <laughs> that was, one off the board. It, it was never that. It was—I think I dressed <laughs> when I first started traveling. I just dress in like like my normal clothes. Like I toss on some jeans. I toss on a t-shirt. And, you know, maybe I would do my hair or something, but I'd be like ready for the day of wherever I was going to. And I think Mm -hmm. I guess when I'm talking about this, I'm thinking more so about like longer flights, like maybe L.A. to New York or an international flight. Not not as much like a short flight, like up to the Pacific Northwest or to Texas or something. But um, I think, yeah, I would I would be like, I'm flying to Paris and I'd be like, cool. I'm going on this cool trip for a week or two to visit my family, and I'm gonna wear some jeans and some boots because it's the winter and all this stuff. And then I get there, and then I'm just on the flight, and I'm the most uncomfortable person on earth. And now I've just yeah. surrendered it entirely, and I'm like, I'm mm. I'm in my comfy clothes. I want like slip on shoes. I want comfy clothes. I want a sweatshirt, a hoodie. I toss all that stuff in there. I go full comfort mode now. Uh, the reason I asked, I asked stress to impress, and it kind of this is actually
0: we should have another podcast, but we haven't find somebody who's like met their wife on a plane or something. But you guys travel all the time when you were single, did you ever consider like hitting on someone at an airport or on a plane? Like, did, did that ever happen where, uh, and yeah, this isn't, it doesn't have anything to do with fashion for a
1: second, but like, I am interested Has anything like that ever happened to either of you. That isn't, that's an interesting, honestly, that was the question I was not anticipating. Um, because i would also, say my, I've never, it's never even once occurred to me, I should wear this because of, I might meet, you mm. know, somebody that's uh, famous but, or, or something like this. But also, I honestly have never, like, I mean, certainly we, at some point in our lives, we probably were like, wow, wouldn't it be great to like, be yeah. the middle seat guy in this situation? Uh, never has that been the case. <laughs> Uh, no, but so, like, uh, there was never like a
0: pretty girl who sat next to you and you were like, oh man, like, should I, should I try and get this girl's number or like where, like, has that ever yeah. happened to you guys?
2: I, mm. I'm i going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, this is a weird comparison, but I feel like hitting on a girl on the airplane, it's like hitting on the bartender. It's like, I don't know. It just seems to me like it's oh. not going anywhere. It's like, like, I don't know. It's like, yeah. They're on the plane. You know, there's probably stories of people that have had this work out, but it's like I feel like when people are on a plane, they're going ten hours to Europe, their mouth's gonna be halfway open, halfway through the flight. They're gonna be drooling, they're they've got a hoodie on and it's cinched all the way so they can barely see out. Like I don't think people wanna be talked to in in most cases. (laughs) If it's a two hour to Seattle, maybe. But like if you're going to Paris, I feel like it's like, I don't know, weird dude. Leave me alone. The lights are off in the cabin and I'm trying to go to sleep.
1: Uh, So there could be a scenario like, okay. We're going from Chicago to Milwaukee, right? Oh, yeah, like yes. this is like, hey, we're, we're clipping, we're we're across the literally like rooftops, and then we're down. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe I could hold a conversation for like twenty minutes, but like, what do you do when like people aren't it like? Happens. You always see those people trying to like get off the airplane, and like, oh, okay, I'll see you later. Nice talking yeah. to you. Phil. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're still there. Yeah. Like, oh, nice. We have a good time with the kids. Phil. Still, still yeah. there. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. like but you I can know. never deal with that. You know it
0: happens though. There has to, we have to find somebody who has, who yeah, is in the Mile High
2: Club, and they didn't know the person before the plane. That's yes. a cool story. I don't, I don't have that. Most of them, I don't know. When I see people hitting on other people, I'm usually like, ooh, cringe, cringe, cringe. Yeah, I can't yeah, look. Yeah. It's cringe. I hurts. This girl <laughs> yes, has no, wants nothing to do with this guy. Get me yeah. out of
1: here. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, t-
0: y- you mentioned your shoe selection. You like a slip on shoe. Yeah. I, I mean, this brings, we, quite honestly, we could do probably a whole podcast on shoes on airplanes. Yeah. Are you a, you guys travel far. Do you take your shoes off mid flight? How do you feel about it? Hmm. I think it's a big deal.
2: I, uh, so oh, I, nice. I'm a vans guy. I love my vans. I pretty much wear them. Ninety percent of the time, if you see me, I'll have vans on, either in in lace form or in slip on form. But I use the slip on vans on planes. Um, I I'll slip my shoes off if I'm at my seat, but I don't. I won't walk anywhere without oh. shoes on.
0: The I'm person not, who walks down the aisle with socks I'm barefoot is no
2: on into the bathroom. No, oh no, that's that's a cardinal sin. If you're going in there, yeah. it's like yeah.
1: Right. So I mean, so on the long flights, right, I think you get a little bit more leeway. Because it's just you're in this thing for just oh, an extended period of time. So, like, huh. question, RJ, is are, yeah, are you like a documented like feet sweller? You know what I mean? Like, oh, do your feet, feet get real big like on the airplane, and you're just like, wow, <laughs> these no. shoes gotta go because that's people, people. That's the reason they'll give. It's like, hey, my my feet are out of control. I got to get them out of these, you know, just compression
2: socks. All
0: right. So here's what it is. I used to be a take my shoes off guy on the airplane. But I, I would Thanks. always contain it, like, Dewey, like you were yeah. saying. Like yeah, I, I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to like, let everyone know my shoes are off, but they'll be off, right? Yeah. Uh, but one time when I was flying, <laughs> it was a long flight. I was with a family member, and they informed me that my feet stank.
1: And mm-hmm. I was like, shit.
0: And since that time, I have never taken my shoes off on planes because I'm nervous that I'll stink up the plane.
2: Yeah, that's a good, I mean, that's you're being conscious of the people around you. That's good. I mean, you
1: could say, I don't really care and let it rip. Yeah, I mean, I've had people like two seats behind me, I can like smell their breath. You know, like their hot breath is traveling over multiple rows. So like they, I mean, for you to actually be conscious enough to be like, I'll keep my feet on even if I'm more uncomfortable. I mean, that's, you know, props to that. I got
0: big deals with smells on plane. I don't like it when people bring food on and they open up the thing and it just.
2: Just wafts through. I don't like that. Yeah, much. you know like a Crap. you know like a mid-flight potato salad. <laughs> no. A bag no. of a bag of Quiznos coming in hot. <laughs> it just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, what that's... about what about coats? Where
0: are you guys with coats? Like, you know, you're traveling somewhere that's cold or from somewhere that's cold. Are you a I'm going to jam up the overhead compartment with my coat, guy? Are you going to put it under your seat? Or are you just going to
1: suffer through and wear it? Where are you with the coat in the winter travel? Winter destinations are hard. I mean, Mike, you went yeah. to like the way more part of Norway and the north oh, where yeah. you, I'm sure you had to have like your Lillarhammer jacket for that or something. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Traveling to extreme like climate changes, like when you're
2: going to drastic places, that's always tough because like, I'm, yeah. I'm the guy that likes to dress for the destination. So I get to the airport sometimes and mm. I'm like ready to go. So if I'm, I'm in like, uh, Portland or Seattle and it's the middle of winter, I'm in my flip flops and board shorts getting ready to go back to LA. I'm that guy. I see. Nice. I'm already, I'm yeah. ready to go for the destination, but it's hard okay. with cold places, the other direction. Cause yeah, you're just, I don't want to walk in LA and my, you know, my goose down jacket
1: through the airport <laughs> hyperventilating. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I start. mean, guaranteed you're going to be you're going to be hot if you're wearing up like that. And that's always yeah. unco- that's always so uncomfortable. Um, I pack. I my... mean, RJ what do you. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, I, pa- I usually pack my big jackets
2: in my checked bags. I don't bring them on the flights at all. I'll just kind of like pack that stuff away. And then I just find that like finding like a good like middle ground for the flight. Like I'll get stuff like from smart wool. Basic, that's like the kind of stuff I wear that keeps you kind of warm. That's thin. I'll wear that and then I'll throw like an extra hoodie, like a Patagonia fleece or something like that, in my backpack and just kind of use that to kind of regulate the temperature on the flight. But I don't usually bring like a huge, a bunch of like huge, heavy stuff on the plane with me.
1: Yeah. I mean, there yeah. is
0: nothing worse than when a plane is super hot or super cold. Sometimes that happens and you get kind of screwed. If you well, don't we have a sweatshirt.
1: So this is really nuanced i guess but on a side tangent here if you can actually tell various various airlines keep their airplanes at different temperatures Mm. what right it might seem like on a like on a very small like local flight like they're going in and out of cold hot cold hot whatever but like on big uh long haul flights there's definitely like certain air airlines have a characteristically hot cabin or a characteristically cold cabin. Really? Can you name some names for us? Well, so if we're going to name names, like the, like one of the hottest cabins is Korean air. Um, they're notorious for being like super warm, like above, like, I don't know, like 76 degrees, something like that, um, which is, which is pretty warm, especially like in a, you know, enclosed space. Um, but like if you fly, um, you know I, you know if you fly like Japan Airways, mm-hmm. like that's going to be like colder. But they're literally from the same localized region, Interesting. right? Um, more like, you know, I find that like KLM is just like the right, the right temperature. <laughs> um, but they also fly, they also fly like new airplanes. Uh, whereas like Korean Air is flying really old airplanes. So they also the most- give you
0: those little houses <laughs> if you sit in first class. Oh.
1: Do you know anything about this? No, I. I know know that
0: you used to be able to get one if you flew on KLM. Period. I flew on KLM and I wanted one, and they were
1: like, "It's only for first class." I was pissed. It's a a whole thing. I don't want to. We don't want to take Mike's time up with this, but (laughs) yes, they're filled. They're like they're like little Delft pottery. They're filled with booze. Um, Yes, and they all like they have like you can get, you know, tons of them. Like there's like 140 of them or something like that. But there's a whole. If you go on to Kalem's website, there's like connections to like Reddit's and subreddits about people collecting these things. It's a whole, it's a whole hey. deal. So people are literally flying to try to get these uh, houses to complete their collection. Do but you anyways, have? Do you have any? Oh yes i I have a number of them. I probably have more than twenty. Wow. At this point, just a, because just a couple. Yeah, yeah ju- you've got a, a little city of a village liquor it's a houses. Du- it's a Dutch. Village. I mean, <laughs> why not? Uh so anyway, sorry, that's a but anyways, yes, that is so that's one thing. But the temperature on the airplanes is a serious thing. So I don't fly Korean air mostly because of the heat. This is the most I, this is the most my, Thai
2: specific thing I've ever heard. Like if anyone's gonna if anyone's gonna pick out like, oh yeah, I like it I like a nice
1: KLM cabin, like it's gonna be Thai. Like
2: <laughs> yeah. nobody else Listen. is gonna
1: know that. Just if break. I'm spending 15 hours on an airplane, like I'll be damned if I'm going to be hot like this. Do you have an? I'm you, sorry. In,
2: in your notes app, you have every airline and the average cabin
1: temp that you've recorded
2: over the last 20 years.
1: Uh, no, I, I, I don't. I don't fly enough <laughs> of them. But I'm sure that the points guy has it figured out. <laughs> Probably. Um, but no, that's that, that's inside baseball there. <laughs> so all right. So the obvious elephant in the room is hit us what are we doing with like pillows and bringing our accoutrement with us? Like it's a, whether it's a pillow or whether it's a neck uh, situation. Yeah. I mean, like what's, what's the go, what's the go to, how do we shame people that. Yeah. Are too Cause really I would consider aggressive.
0: that a fashion accessory, the way people wear these pillows around. Sure. Neck.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Those are tough. Yeah. You got to like, I feel like with any type of comfort, you sacrifice, there's no balance like on airlines. You just do a full surrender. You do a full trust fall right into comfort and happiness or you don't do it at all.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's that's a perfect analogy because like the people who couldn't decide on which side to fall on are the ones that are blowing up their neck pillow. They're like, (laughs) I want to travel efficient and light. However, want to be comfortable and just squeak in and it's clearly not comfortable. Like those people couldn't make up their minds. When I flew
0: to Japan, I used one of these like it looked like a neck brace. Have you seen these things? They're like a little they're kind of flimsy, but they and they have like Yeah. I didn't like it, to be honest with you. It didn't work for me.
2: Okay, I was gonna say I've I've actually that's the only one I've used that that works for me. It's called the Turtle, I think.
0: Yes, yes. Okay, so this is good to know because I've tried everything and I am notoriously a terrible sleeper on planes. I can't do it. So I've mm. tried all the neck pillows and whatever. And this was like the one. So I was like, you know, this is going to change the way yeah. you fly. And it did not. But <laughs> I think I just can't sleep sitting up. I think that's the problem.
2: You know, you know what the yeah. best neck pillow is? Ambient.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, just medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Medication and just heavy alcohol consumption. Yeah. Then usually you have no other choice. Your body's like, yeah. okay, fine, fine. Just I give a med- it
2: medicated rest. You you wake up and your neck's all jacked up and twisted, and it's like, ah, I'll have to work out this kink. But at least I slept the whole flight. Well, exactly.
1: S-
0: speaking of like this type of stuff, uh, this kind of goes into sleeping as well, and I do have it on my list as the final. My final thing for fashion on planes is headphones. What does your headphone wear? Are you bud? Are you uh around the neck earphones? Um does it does it matter based on if you're gonna try to
1: sleep? What are you doing? Ty you taking this first? Yeah. Well, I'd say I mean, I think because listen, my computer crashed twice before this. So we're not I'm not a tech guy, <laughs> right? like I, I, buying the headphones on the
0: plane every flight. Oh no, yeah, so no, no. free? Give me those. the free one.
1: No, no, no. no. I'm just like it's... ignore, ignore, ignore. Uh but for me I I like the I personally like the uh, the earbuds because I uh it gets uh, the way I sleep and rest and all that stuff it it's a little bit more accommodating but uh but I I'm sure that I could be talked off of that. Yeah.
2: I, for the longest time, used my Sony MX 1000s nice. or whatever. I love those. And I use those like exclusively for air travel. I just felt like they were comfortable. They didn't like bother my ears too much. It's a little hard to sleep with them. Um, but I have I got AirPod Pros a couple years ago and they have noise canceling as well. And I was just like, holy crap, these are so much smaller, and they actually noise cancel just as well. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is if I'm sleeping awkwardly with AirPods in. And you like tap an AirPod, little things ricochet, and it's going eight seats, eight seats away. It's going oh, yeah. forever. It's it's
1: it. see, ya. <laughs> they need it. There needs to be like a tether or something like that. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, once they fall down, it's like, uh, and especially when you have blankets and all sorts yeah, of other stuff. I get AirPod like anxiety. Forgetting. I just like before right. I go to bed, I'm like,
2: this little thing's gonna ricochet halfway across the plane, <laughs> like it's gonna be gone forever. So I don't know. Sometimes I'll still bust out the Sony's and rock those just for like peace of mind.
0: I'm a Bose quiet comfort uh, noise canceling yeah. guy. I got them years ago and I've, I've just been hooked. But it does, you know, you, there's no sleeping in them. Like you can't turn your it's head yeah. one way or the other. It's, you're kind of stuck yeah. with it, but it is comfortable. You know, you get the noise canceling, they'll hook into anything. Yep. When are planes going to start using Bluetooth?
2: and you don't have to plug in. Do you think yeah. that's going to happen or is that too tricky with like Honestly. Computers? I think that the planes are just going to get rid of screens entirely. I mean, everybody brings a phone and a, or an iPad on, or a laptop on the plane like I wouldn't be surprised Ooh, if cutting that. costs they'll just axe the screens entirely. My my guess, that's, I don't know.
1: Oh that's, no. Mike is so far ahead of us right now, RJ. No, I it's hate crazy. that that
0: that's doom and gloom for me.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's fair. I mean, I think it's fair though. Like I I mean, I can't tell you how many I've been on. I've never been powered the thing up. I mean, I use it to see, like, where we are in the fight, like That's how much longer yeah. than yeah. we have. But uh, I'm sure RJ's there, like, looking at the little view of the ground underneath, yes. the, you RJ's know, doing underneath the, chat. the plane. He's or doing whatever. the chat from yeah. seat to seat.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm playing the trivia. I'm trying to beat 5A in trivia. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, I you think you're in no first I,
1: it's 5A? I'm beating you at this trivia. <laughs> Well, hey, they sell They tell you it's the, uh, the cup holders that sell the car, right? So RJ's <laughs> looking for
0: any little accessory and he's in accessories. And I didn't know this until tonight, but temperature
1: now. I'm <laughs> looking for that t- <laughs> little house. Honestly, like Kayak needs a filter for that. Yes. Like, that's uh, it's that important. If you're wow. spending that kind of money, like, tell me your temperature. Like, that's all I ask. <laughs> uh, Mike Dewey, obviously this is all nonsense,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know... It's fun our, nonsense. It's good nonsense. And, but, but before we go, you know, the three people who listen to this are <laughs> travel enthusiasts or just type enthusiasts. I'm not really sure, but uh, <laughs> they, they are travel enthusiasts. What can you give as some advice for somebody who is trying to travel and we'll say like internationally, we'll, we'll try to narrow it down to international travel just because you have experience with it. You come from a, you know, I love what you said earlier about how it changed for you. Like it, mm. you know, Ty, since I've known Ty, I feel like Ty has been flying for business class since he was 10 and he's just been kind of doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's but in you, another
2: world of travel with that. I, I, I'm yeah. not doing that. But, yeah. so do you have any tips the common traveler? Ah, uh, I, in, as far as flying goes, I don't know. I think, I think, like I said before, um, just get as comfortable as possible. Enjoy the flying experience. I think the flying's pretty fun. I still enjoy it. I know a lot of people dread it. Um, but I actually really enjoy the whole experience. I like getting to the airport a little bit early to go to my favorite little wine and pizza place. I'll go do that. It's kind of like a ritual for me in a way. And I will also mm-hmm. say that most of the travel I've done has also been alone. So maybe that's why I have these like little rituals and things flying for work but I don't know I feel like I've kind of embraced the ritual of of traveling and flying in a way so I have my little routines and so it doesn't it's not like an anxiety uh, inducing thing for me but the other thing I will say that I've learned that's been something that took me a while to learn about travel is that um things in a lot of ways you can plan s- for so much to go right, like in your head, you can set up this entire plan of how everything is gonna go right. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna pack this, I'm gonna pack this bag, I'm gonna check this, I'm gonna do this. And the hardest part is when I first started traveling is when something goes wrong, you completely freak out and don't know what to do. And I think my biggest takeaway now that I've learned um, for people that maybe are just starting to travel or, or getting into traveling is like, you have to expect for things to go wrong. And when they do, you just have to figure out how to problem solve the solution. So when your bag gets lost, instead of like just completely freaking out and getting super angry, it's like, okay, well, what do I do? Like, who do I got to talk to? Like, what line do I have to go wait in? What phone number do I have to call? I feel like I've gone out of the angry, frustrated, I'm going to light up this company on Twitter and eviscerate their customer service to now I'm just like, all right. And I feel like i have just treating people actually like at the airport, especially since they're used to it, if you treat them nicer with the situations that come up, they actually end up treating you a lot better too and sometimes they'll end up giving you perks or extra vouchers or they'll push you to the front of the line because they're like everybody treated me like an asshole today and now you're just like hey what's up man how's it going and so i don't know just expect for things to go wrong and try to treat people at the airport and these things as best as you can and you'll be surprised at like um i don't know how much better the experience will be and you might even get some cool perk out of it a voucher or something i don't know
1: i love my advice that's uh yeah saving the best for last man that's awesome that (laughs) i mean If anybody out there, if they can find Mike online, I would encourage everybody to link up with him as much as you can, and you'll be inspired just in anything that you do. So I think all of us, Mike, have been following you and your travels, and it's really really cool. This is just a little vitamin for what's out there. Um, Yeah, where can people find you, Mike?
2: Uh, Probably best places on Instagram, Mike underscore Dewey, M-I-K-E underscore Dewey, D-E-W-E-Y. And, and thank Ty and I, so much for the, and the thoughtful I, words.
0: <laughs> oh man, I mean, it's a pleasure to have you on. And uh, <laughs> Ty and I worked on a project. We were lucky enough to work on a project with Mike years ago, where we oh, sent oh, a man. a weather balloon into space. Back before it was cool, China dicks. <laughs> uh, we uh, we did that, so you can check that out somewhere too. I'm sure. Um,
2: we should, do yeah. we should do it again and do it even better. Put like a 4K camera on or do something ridiculous. I don't know. Maybe don't maybe, maybe we don't address it again. I'm not sure. But What year was that? 2013? That was like 10 years ago.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we certainly looked at, I mean, we saw those photos recently and we definitely have aged, some of us better than others. Oh, dark. <laughs> wow. uh, I, I'm talking about myself on the worst end of that. <laughs> that's for sure.
2: We all look a bit more tired and haggard. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right.
0: Uh, Mike. Thank you, Mike Dewey. You're the best. Uh, thank you, as always, Ty Piazza. Thank you, John Croteau, for the music. Remember, rate, review, tell your friends about Sky Lounge, the podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. If you have any airport-related questions you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, head over to SkyLoungeThePodcast.com, drop us a note, or send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. Remember, while you're walking on the moving sidewalk, please stand to the right. See you next time.